Brad, I played Fortnite for six hours yesterday. Six hours? That's that's not a real number. Look, it is a real look. The season's ending, you know, and you know what that means. No, I don't. I don't, but I'll pretend I do. Okay, you know the classic story of the crickets and the ants, right? You, the, the cricket, yes. The lazy, the lazy grasshopper cricket or whatever, yes. is is laying about all summer, mm-hmm. and then when the winter comes, while the ants are studiously picking, you know, picking seeds and putting away food for the winter, and then when the winter comes and there's no food, what happens to the grasshopper? Uh, he goes pro in Fortnite and makes millions. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but um. My daughter uh, desperately wanted the Spider Gwen skin that was the the top tier reward from the Fortnite Battle Pass this season. Okay, I, can and, I, I let me just yeah. ask. I, I assume FOMO is an essential component of the the seasonal Fortnite progression. Have you not played something with a Battle Pass before? I have. Just making sure. Yeah, but like when you were playing Dota and you get to the end of the Battle Pass, like you earn up all the way to the top tier reward. That, you're like you want that thing, right? Look, look, the less recollected about Dota, the better. But yes. <laughs> so, OK, so the Spider-Gwen one is impact. like last season it was Darth Vader. And while she hit a level 100 and got Darth Vader, she probably she, doesn't care about Darth Vader as much. No real connection to Darth Vader. Mm. Spider-Verse, however, is mm-hmm. a formative film mm-hmm. for a nine year old today. Sure. And if you're a girl, the fact that there's a really cool girl character in that movie is important. Understandable. However, we've been pretty busy with other stuff and we haven't oh. had as much time to play games as as usual. Okay, this and is all clicking in my head now. Yeah, there's a lot of after school activities during this time of year and mm-hmm. like the summertime battle pass, pretty straightforward. The yeah. f- going back to school battle pass, a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, I'm just going to say, having played a lot of Dota and also Destiny in my time, mm-hmm. the the feeling of the late season cram, like it's right yeah. up there. It's right up there with the oh god, I haven't started on this term paper and it's due tomorrow. Y- y- like it's it's they made fucking video games work, man. Uh, they, made, they made it in homework. Yeah, but I'll also, I mean, I will say. So we sat down. We like this weekend. We've been, this week we've been playing like an hour at a time here and there, playing like getting a couple of games in, and we got her from like level thirty to level fifty-five. Right? Wow. Okay. So last night we were sitting there looking at fifty-five, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a real <laughs> crisis here because I got forty-five level. For, well, realistically, you need to get to level ninety because you, you, if you save your points, you get to level ninety, you unlock the last bit. Okay. And I was like, okay, if she doesn't make it. Am I going to let her buy levels like she has V bucks? She gets V bucks spending uh, like as, as as part of her allowance, like for doing chores around the house. Oh, I forgot. I totally blanked on the fact that you could just buy your way to this. Yeah, like you can day one. There's always somebody running around with the tier top 100 reward because they just spend 70 bucks on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or 100 bucks, whatever it is. So. I was like, what are we going to like? We're going to sit down. And as soon as you finish your school stuff on Friday afternoon, we're going to sit down and just hammer this out. We're going to get it done. Right. And if she doesn't make it, if we get within like, you know, if we get within like 10 levels, I'll, I'll pay for the 10 levels, whatever. I don't care. Was, was there any, was there any um, possibility offered of like, say, buying your way there with an advance on allowance or something along those lines? She is pretty good about hoarding V bucks for skins that she's excited about. Okay. So like she, she probably had enough. I, she definitely had enough to get there once she was in like 20 within oh. 20 levels. Oh, but it okay. would burn all of her V bucks. It would okay. be like, that's like two months worth of V bucks probably. Right. So just it's a, a good, lot. Good object lesson in uh, future budgeting needs. Yeah. But anyway, so we got going and finally I was like, okay, you're almost close enough that if you want to spend the V bucks you have, you could just do it. And we could be done at like nine o'clock. She's like, no dad, that's cheating. I was like, I want to do it. She was like, I want to do it for real. Great. So we played six hours of Fortnite. We grounded out. About 11 o'clock, we finally got it done and uh, she she donned the spider Gwen skin and uh, she's very happy. So now she has a Wonder Woman and a spider Gwen. She's got all all the universes and Princess Leia. She's got all the universes covered. I'm just I'm I'm distinct, distinct flashbacks to the end of that South Park World of Warcraft episode (laughs) after they after they have played the game day and morning, noon and night for months on end and completely destroyed their lives to accomplish a grindy objective. Look, now after after they finish the thing, now what? Now we can play the game. Now we can just have fun. That's, just That's what right. she said at the end of the stream. And I was I, like, oh, yep. God. Mm-hmm. But 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 hold on. I got to tell you, I got to I got to brag for a sec. I don't do a lot of dad bragging here. And I apologize for the people who don't care. We were in we won like three, four games last night while we were playing. 
Okay. A couple of them. She did the clutch kills at the end to get to get the dub. Wow. At one point, she's driving around in an octane from Rocket League because that's how this game works now. There's octane from Rocket League is in the game. I didn't even know there were vehicles. Oh, yeah. There's been vehicles for a long time. Mm. You need to play some Fortnite, Brad. Fortnite. I'm going to tell you, Fortnite's pretty good. Do I need to? Anyway. It's it's us versus this one poor person. And she's driving around the car. I'm shooting at them. They're bouncing around like crazy. They're actually really good at the game. And she tags them and yeets them out into the blue and they died at the blue. Great. And I was like, dad of the year. I'm feeling good about this. We're done. Okay. A lot of important lessons being learned, it seems. Sometimes you got to hit somebody with a car, Brad. That's the lesson. I've written here in the notes, dishwashers, huh? So let me just say, dishwashers, huh? I love a dishwasher. Holy crap. I forgot what it was. I wish we could start over. We've been, no, no, no. My, the stammering is, is my amazement at how life-changing it is to have a working dishwasher again. It's, it's nice to put the, the dirty dishes in the magic machine and then they come out clean. It's incredible. Also, he bought us the, what I took to be about the cheapest dishwasher on the market. It was under $500. Well, as a cheap dishwasher. It is still, I mean, to be fair, the previous dishwasher, which no longer worked, was about 20 years old. Did which, it click when you turned the knob? Um, yes, I believe so. This one it doesn't even click, have click, a knob. Yeah. Do they even yeah, make them with just, knobs anymore? No, they haven't had a knob on a dishwasher. A knob on it. Probably the really expensive dishwashers have knobs when I think about it. It's probably like a $2,000 dishwasher probably has knobs is, now. Is, is that like an audio file thing? Is there such thing as a dishwasher file? Like I'm like, sure there's a knob feel for dishwashers. All, like all, all like cherry oak, perfectly balanced knobs on your dishwasher panel <laughs> like it's uh, all analog controls you have to turn a crank to move the dial to where you want the the time to start like again he sent us the work order for this thing and i was like oh he went for the cheap one whatever as long as it washes dishes fine but like holy crap dude like this thing this thing has a night dry feature where there's a fan in it Ooh, and when it if you run it overnight it'll blow the fan it'll exhaust the the humidity out so that the dishes dry inside the dishwasher well that's i mean look that's how dishwasher is supposed to work man I, well, look, our, again, our previous dishwasher, perhaps not fully featured. Your, your old dishwasher was the kind probably with the big heating element on the floor that like if, if a wooden spoon fell down while it was being washed, it would land on that thing. It would end up with a big black char mark on it. That's, that's very possible. It's, it's also possible that components of that dishwasher stopped working a while before the full thing did. Yeah. Like our, so our dishwasher, we have a, we have a, um, the uh, Bosch with the they do a stainless steel drum that holds heat and like through some miracle of con- of of I don't know, like, look, all the water condenses on the side of the tub and huh. it doesn't condense on the dishes. Wow. And it sucks the water off of the dishes somehow with magic. But you have to use rinse aid. So you can't just put the soap in. You have to put the stuff in that makes the water dry better. Um, It's pretty f- freaking good. I love our dishwasher. I, it's look dishwasher is my new best friend this this one I, like i said it's an lg this one sings to you it's like oh the when nice. you turn when you turn it on especially especially i've never been around it until a few minutes ago when it finishes a load because typically i've been running it at night mm-hmm. it's like it's like an eight second jingle that plays when it's like really uh, establishing some fanfare around this mass of clean dishes it did you know it reminded me it reminded me more than anything of the jr line in tokyo the, are you familiar what? with it? It's, it's one of the rails. I have no idea what you're talking. You, you said words that I know, but together they make no sense to me. I think I think it stands for Japan Rail. It's one of the it's one of the train lines in. Oh oh yeah, in, in, in Japan. around okay. Tokyo. Like I'm sure you've heard the whole thing about like Japanese subway stations and like the jingles that play. Yeah, they're extremely Each one has its own song. Yeah, extremely lighthearted and pleasant. Like this this very much reminded me of that. It's like this dishwasher is basically a train. Didn't one person write all those jingles for a really long time? Oh, that's possible. I feel like I feel like I read it. I feel like I read an interview with the, with the person who wrote all the jingles. Uh, this is what the internet's good for, that's, right? Yes, that's that's the only thing the internet is good for. Anyway, I am now very pro appliances singing to you. I think that a little more mirth in everybody's, you know, go on. I, Brad, I got to ask you some questions about your okay. dishwasher usage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Which way do you put the spoons? In the in the holder. Oh, I read the manual. Oh, you read the manual. What does it say? I read. I read the manual cover to cover. (laughs) That's how excited I was. 
Pow. Also, there were there were some issues after the install. Uh, the installers no. created a significant leak under our sink that we, that we didn't discover until well after they were gone. Uh, also, the air gap needed to be replaced, which they were not in a position to do at the time. So the point is, we sat there staring at this installed dishwasher for about three days, being unable to actually use it. Oh, no. there, was, there was a lot of time for me to sit there reading the manual and getting increasingly <laughs> excited. Uh, but yeah, the, the, no, the, the manual very explicitly said put them kind of utensil up, handle down. Yeah. You, uh, so my understanding is spoons and forks, utensil up, handle down, mm-hmm. knives, blade down. end down. Oh, yeah. huh. Um, it's unclear to me if that's a safety thing. So you don't accidentally jab your hand when you're reaching in to unload the thing, or if it's because the knives, like there's a, the water flows down better or something, but, um, there, there is a standing ban on putting the sharp knives in the dishwasher around here anyway. So we we don't put the good knives, just the like butter knives and stuff. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, so I got plastics, top shelf, bottom shelf. Oh, definitely top shelf. If at all, like. You know, actually, now that I think about it, the list of things that are forbidden from going in the dishwasher seems to be getting longer. Okay, here, here's the real question then. Do you, how much stuff do you leave on the dishes? Like, do you just kind of knock off the big chunks and leave oh, no, sauces I'm, and goo? I'm going whole hog, man. You just putting the food and everything like, in there? I'm, I'm not even rinsing the dishes. Like, I, my <sighs> typically, I've gotten to the point where I turn the plate vertical in the sink and if things fall off of it, then fine. And if not, <laughs> oh, well, it goes in. You're mad with power. <laughs> Can't be stopped. Okay, Brad, I made it. I built a new PC the other day with our friends at PC World, Gordon and Adam. You did. I'm mad with jealousy, but go on. It's, it's so fast. It's so fast. Don't, don't, you know. I can launch Photoshop in like three, four seconds. It's what? it's the fastest computer I've ever, I've ever owned. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. As, it, it, as, we, as we established on the Gordon episode, launching Photoshop is the populist benchmark it's the one that truly matters yeah it's the like look my old strategy on the old computer which was fast was click the photoshop link and then get up and go into the kitchen and by the time i get back from getting a drink it's done right Mm -hmm. i'm ready to go have you you don't even have time to stand up now i i wanted to come in here and run a little exercise of how many pcs uh has will built in the time since i built my last and current pc do the do the kiddos pcs count uh, no, I'm like your daily driver, let's say, because I built this oh. machine in January 2016. Oh, yeah. I've, that I, was this almost seven four. years ago. This is the fourth computer probably God since then. It's been my main driver. It. God damn it. I'm close. I'm very close. Look, I, I uh, it's a business expense, Brad. Oh, I know. Uh, sometime, sometime in the next month or two, it's going to happen. Okay. So this motherboard has a feature that we kind of made fun of when we were building the PC the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you want to see the stream, the build it's on PC world, it's like four hours long. We're just hanging out and building PC. It's not like a, how to build a PC thing. It's just three people who have known each other for a long time, hanging out, shooting the shit, building a PC together. Yeah. And like, it's, it turns out it's really nice having somebody around when you like, I, I used to be really, I used to build like two PCs, three PCs a month sometimes for when I was at maximum PC. So like, I understand the basics, but a lot of stuff has changed in the last mm-hmm. 12 years since I left mm-hmm. maximum PC and stopped building PCs all the time. Sure. Turns out it's really nice to have somebody around who builds PCs like twice a week because Adam and Gordon were there answering questions. JJ from Asus popped up in the chat uh, and JJ is like, uh, he's like their, their guru for how to know how everything works at, a, at Asus. He's the guy that you ask if you have questions about their stuff. Um, it was, it was a luxurious way to build a, build a, build a fancy high end PC. So when we were building this thing, there was this, there was on the front edge of the board where the SATA ports and stuff are, there was a PCI Express power header, like the six pin kind that you usually plug into a video card. And we were like, what is this for? And Jay was like, oh, you plug that in, you get 60 watt USB PD on the on the on the USB C port so you can charge your laptop on the front of your computer. I was like. I was like in my head, I'm like, that is a really stupid feature. I'm never, ever going to use that. Brad, Dude, I, I would use that. Oh, well, no way. Okay. I, yes. Go on. I, I have never been more wrong about something in my life. <laughs> I did. Nope. I was going to say that sounds pretty good. Either the you, iPad or the mm-hmm. steam deck has been plugged into that thing constantly that, that, since I, I built that PC. That, that makes me even more excited about building a new machine. No, like, hang on. So yes, what is the utility of running that through the motherboard as opposed to like straight from one of the PSU outputs to that port. 
And also, is, um, that, is that kind of a lot of juice to be pumping through a motherboard? I don't know. Well, I mean, it goes through your phone, so it's probably fine. I guess so. Um, the, 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 I, I mean, the problem with it is it generates a lot of noise, but the USB PD port is right next to where the USB C front panel header is. Oh, is this not a data port? This is purely for power. No, it's both. It's a, it's so, so that's the benefit. If you did it, if you did the power directly into the, well, a PD requires data connection because it has to negotiate it. There's a spec. It's not like the old way where it's just a couple of re- weird resistors right. on the line. Now the now the computers the computer and the device talk to each other and it's like okay I can take this much power and I can give this much power and then they the least common denominator is what ends up uh, uh, getting getting popped. Uh, so I think it has to be a smart power. There has to be some logic in order for it to work. And if there was logic on the case end, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think this is the only way it could work without having to have some specific hardware on the case. And and also to have that port be a data port and a power port. Sure. Uh, you have to install a little uh, program. You have to install something on the on the on Windows as oh, part of the drivers. Oh, it won't just run in anything. Mm. Well, mm. OK, you have to install it on Windows if you want the power port to be active when it's in S3 sleep. Oh, oh OK. Yeah. Wait, yeah. sleep, sleep like you like you hibernated the computer. Uh-huh. When like you hit the sleep button or the computer went to sleep because you weren't there. It'll keep charging if you're in sleep, if you have the program running. That still sounds pretty good. I plugged in the I plugged in the switch, the Steam Deck, and I was like, oh wow, this actually charges at the full rate. This is amazing. It didn't give me the hey, you have uh problems with your power delivery. You're gonna charge at a reduced rate. I plugged in the iPad, it charged at the full rate. I haven't tried the switch yet. That's that's probably the next one to do. Cause I'm curious. The switch hardly charges on anything because it only I think it only supports 29 watts. And like Nintendo has their own way of doing things, let's say. Yeah. Um yeah. I but this USB-C transition, I feel like, is taking forever, but I am, man, I'm ready. Like, just plug everything into everything. Oh, yeah, it's time. Like, like the full the full promise has come true here. This was this was a magical, magical moment. Like, like I'm, I'm going to start plugging my laptop into the back of my GeForce Look, and powering yeah. it at a thousand miles an hour. What, one day, you're going to plug your microwave into your refrigerator and your stove into your sink, and it's all going to just work. That's the future, man. So, so we need another round of those AT&T you will commercials. <laughs> somebody, what somebody should do is remake those AT&T you will commercials for Internet of shit stuff. Oh, yeah. I'd like stupid <laughs> RGB and wait, wait, devices daisy wait. chained into. Yes. Stupid RGB. What? Oh, Excuse hey, me, hey, sir. Hey, Will. I'm glad. Glad you got it. Hey, enjoy your new computer. So would you say there's like a federally mandated statute of limitations on Thanksgiving leftovers? I'm a Tuesday at the latest. Oh, boy. Okay. The following Tuesday, just to be clear. Well, I mean, I don't eat the Tuesday before. That would be weird. Okay. Well, sorry. That was a jerk answer. Yes. The following Tuesday. I'm just trying to I'm I'm trying to drive home the point that you're talking a scant matter of days. I, I look, look, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yes, Tuesday. That's, that's five days. That's, that's, that's what I was getting at. I, I wanted to be clear that it was a low number because apparently I am in flagrant violation. Well, OK, so so. I everything has to go out before trash the next week. So that's Wednesday night trash. Really? Or Thursday night trash. Hmm. OK, we, we yeah. were OK as of as of Friday night. So that's what, eight days? Yeah, it's eight days. We were we were down to some mashed potatoes. Mm, did you eat gravy with that? No. Mashed, mashed potatoes probably okay, I think. I like they, all, they got reheated in a pot. Okay. For what it's worth. In a pot? Yeah. Put them on the stove? Throw them on, throw them on the stove, added a little chicken broth. Wow. I just put them in the microwave oven. Mm. They, they, were, they were a little dry at this point, let's say. <laughs> were they covered in the fridge, Brad? Yeah, of course. Okay. In Tupperware with a sealed lid. Look, I, I am not a food safety expert, but I have listened to the food safety talk uh, with Don Schaffner and Ben Chapman for like, I don't know, 250 episodes or something. They've been doing that podcast for a long time. It's real good. Wow. Uh, I feel like they would probably say that's OK, okay. but that they wouldn't do it. OK. Hmm. Are you? Did you get what? sick? Are you OK? Are you feeling I'm good? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Right and on the bubble, huh? You're probably fine. I, a week, like, okay, I, like a week is pushing it. I, I grant that a week on anything is maybe getting into like I don't know 
territory, but they were good mashed potatoes. Here's the thing. I feel like stuffing that was cooked inside the bird is like your highest risk food for Thanksgiving, right? Of course. So that's like you eat the day of maybe the day, maybe, maybe the weekend after and Sunday night you clear that out or you're done with it. Right. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't trifle with such things. The apple pie, which can't be, it's like if you refrigerate it, it ends up not right. You know, you have to, that has to be in, uh, stored on the on, on room temperature pie. That's like a, that has to be gone by Saturday or Sunday. Like we eat that hammer through that. Sure. The pumpkin. Bake, bake. Oh, yeah. Baked the pumpkin's goods are refrigerated. Always, it can stay longer. Okay. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. Baked goods yeah. are always a weird one, like growing up because I assume it was similar for you. Baked goods kind of just went out on the counter and stayed there until they were gone. Well, so. Pumpkin pie always lives in the fridge for me because I, I like it better cold. Actually, I like a cold pumpkin pie. But um, but yeah, the apple, the apple pie, cookies, stuff like that. Cookies are pretty imp- like you cover. Like you, I mean, it's it's like you cover it if it's out, if it's room temperature and it's been cooked, you're probably OK. Right. Sure. But yeah. but if you're if you're if it's something that has eggs in it, you want that to be refrigerated. Mm-hmm. If it's something that was inside the carcass at some point, probably that should be refrigerated. I don't know. I find the thing I find is that the turkey, even when I like did a perfect turkey and it's brined and like moist and succulent and delicious, it's still going to be dry by like Sunday. And I'm, I'm probably looking at turkey soup at that point. Sure. Yeah. This yeah. year, our, 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 my, my bird this year was a Costco chicken. So Ooh. <laughs> like a rotisserie. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The straight up the $5 clutter. <laughs> oh man. That's a, that's a feast. Uh huh. So um, now I find myself in the situation, in the position where there are enough of the stuffing fixings left. There's mm-hmm. like, there's, there's a bounty of fresh sage and thyme here among other things. Okay. That, uh, my partner has decided that like, well, still got all that stuff. We're just going to have to make more stuffing. Look, there's nothing wrong with more stuffing. And, uh, I, I'm getting a two thumbs ups from the door here. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I just, I, I, it makes me think we're going to get into a situation like, okay, so then we bought more sausage yesterday to put into it. Uh-huh. As and one does. And we have some old bread that's going to go in there. Mm-hmm. And it's, are we going to get into a situation where we constantly have something that could go into more stuffing? And so it's just going to be a constant leapfrog of forever stuffing? Look, look, the season of eternal stuffing is my favorite of the uh, Chandler novels. So <laughs> I'm going to say go for it. <laughs> Okay, Brad, I turned my ringer back on. Which ringer are we talking? Phone. I haven't had it on in about 10 years. Wow. Like, yeah. Blanket? Straight through? I mean, I'm sure there's moments when it was on, off, and on. Like, sometimes I do the podcast, I flip the thing on to make the noise, and then I flip it back off. So, so is that your mechanism, the little mute switch? I use the hard. I love the hardware switch. I'm yeah. a huge fan. Wow. So you're, wait, you're a forever silent phone guy? I, well, I, I am kind of like that, and I thought I was very much like odd one out on, on that. I, I assume most people leave their ringer on. So, I mean, think about when the last time you were out in public and heard a ringtone though was, I, I don't think people mm. use, I think people are all silent now. Do you think so? But the problem is I keep missing stuff because I was silent and I don't, I often don't like, I often have my phone on my desktop or like, it's not in my pocket anymore. And honestly, at this point, my upper thighs are so immune to noticing <laughs> vibrations. All of that tissue died years ago. Yeah, it's like been vibrated into insensitivity. And it's just it's just it just doesn't like I need like an electroshock or something on there that gives me a little like zap. Like there's a Thames the, or something. There's there's a little pad of necrotic flesh around the place where your phone lives. Oh, that's sex. that. No, I don't like that. <laughs> anyway, um, I. I turned into a constant muter because I was around open microphones so much and still am. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That was the main one for me. It was just like, Hey, instead of forgetting to mute this thing before we start recording, what if it's always muted? I just did it a minute ago. I didn't realize that my podcasting profile on the phone doesn't mute the phone because the phone's always muted usually. So now I got to go change some settings after this podcast. Yeah. And I, I was excited initially about the watch kind of cluing me into more notifications than I uh-huh. would miss on my silenced phone. But now I'm finding that the notifications, instead of getting buried on the phone, are just getting buried on the watch instead. I like the interface for clearing them out on the watch better. Yeah. Because you can just scroll up and hit clear all. Oh, well, yeah. But <laughs> really. Problem if solved. You're just, if you're just deleting them all sight unseen, then they're not exactly solving their or, or fulfilling their purpose. Brad, but. I believe that I said problem solved and I moved my hand in a little wave to the right. 
No, so so I've turned on ringtones again. It's nice. It turns out the phone makes a little happy noise. It's like you're a dishwasher. I'm like, oh, this is this. Uh, look, it plays the Galaga song when somebody texts me. That's the little the oh. one up coin sound. That's you nice. Cu- you you do custom ringtones? Hell yeah. Huh. Okay. What you don't? I have not done a custom ringtone in about 15 years. When when you call me, it gives you the little fence sound. Wow. Okay. I mean, you don't ever call me, though, me? so. No, it's just everybody. Me, like, I was oh, just using oh. it as an example. You're, you're trying to make me feel special. Well, look, you felt special for a minute there, and then I then I ruined it. I shouldn't have asked, but uh, yeah, the last uh, the last custom ringtone I used was the little. Remember when you start Portal for the first time, and it's playing that little Muzak version of "Still the, Alive" the song, out yeah, of, out of the radio. Yeah, that was that was my phone ringtone for quite some time, and that was and I pulled that right out of the game install when the game came out. So that's how I know it's been like 15 years. That's pretty good. Let's see. I do the Galaga one up coin sound because that's a banger. I do yeah. the Metal Gear Solid codex sound for some stuff. I do um, that. That was that was the classic. I mean, everybody went through the phase of Metal Gear codex as text message sound, right? Oh, yeah. The uh, and I didn't even play Metal Gear. I just like the sound. I did mm-hmm. uh, 24, uh, the the Cisco phone ringtone from 24 for a while. The dun 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 dun. Um, I do. I do. Uh, the Fez one is my favorite of the ringtones, though, because it's such a pleasant sound, like that Polytron sound that plays at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. Such a pleasant sound. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's it. My ringer's back on. I'm loud and proud. Mm-hmm. Loud I'm and proud. And I'm sure everybody around you is just loving it. Well, it turns out there's only two other people around me, and most of them have their ringers on too. So we're all we're all in the same hell we've made together. God, then the household sounds like a real cacophony. It's look, I would just tell you, if you ever think your house is too quiet, you should get a nine year old. Okay, it finally happened. I've debased myself. I knew this was coming. I've been saying this since day one. I am voluntarily playing a PlayStation five game on the quality mode. Wait, wait, hold on. I I play. Look, I'm I'm a quality person. I play everything on quality mode. Mm. I like I like a high quality experience. I'm not playing. Look, I'm not playing. I didn't get a, a. PlayStation five. I didn't get some sort of weird knockoff PlayStation. I got the real PlayStation so I could get quality mode. Mm-hmm. Wait, there's, there's only one PlayStation. I mean, somebody has got to, there's got to be like on Alibaba express, like a weird <laughs> PlayStation or something like that. Right. Somebody made a knockoff. Yes. Yes. Knock mostly compatible PlayStation five knockoff. Yeah. There's a PlayStation five out there too. That's that only yes. plays clay, clay fighter versions of your mm-hmm. games, claymation versions of all your games. No. Okay. Yes. So, so what, wait, I don't understand why quality mode is, I want it to look good. I like, I like frame rate. Okay. I like, I like when games are smooth. I find that they play better uh, to such a degree that I will take the frame rate over just about anything. Uh, oh, oh God. Okay. I, my world is shaken here. I look, I have done stupid things to get more frames in, in competitive games. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, as we all know, frames win games. It's fact. True. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Frames yeah. win games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I, I will overclock my memory to get three extra frames in PUBG. I just did a stupid, huge computer upgrade so I can get like 500 frames a second in Fortnite. I have a 360 hertz monitor. But when I'm playing single player shit, I just want it to look really good and shiny and sparkly. And like I want all I want to see all the sweat glistening and like the puddles to be full reflective. Like I was I wasn't the one counting puddles in Spider-Man, but like I, yeah, I, was, I was puddle curious. You were thinking about it. I was thinking about puddles. Yeah. Well, OK, so that's actually kind of the transition that we've hit here. Like. I'm still on a 1080p TV, so that's part of it. So it's like, why do I, why would I want a 4K mode when I, you know. Yeah, but does it gen- matter on the 1080p TV? Generally, most games are rendering above 1080p anyway, even on a performance mode these days. So I'm still getting some kind of super sampling regardless. Yeah. Um, the disconnect. Okay, we're talking about the Callisto protocol here. That's the game. Oh, yeah. Is, is the game that has the, made the shift the, for me. The, the follow-up to Player Nuns Battlegrounds Battlegrounds, Player uh-huh. Nuns next game. It's my understanding. <laughs> Expanding the rich universe of PUBG. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think they may have backed away they, from that. I think I think they backed away from that. I, yeah. I, think, I think they may be formally declared at some point like this is not part of the PUBG universe anymore. This is like um, the spiritual successor to Dead Space, though, kind of. Right. Uh, yes. But you sure do still start out in an orange prison jumpsuit. So some of the some of the DNA remains. Um, I think I was going to say, though, is like like generally in a lot of cases. And I, you know, I spend enough time watching digital digital foundry videos to know this. In most cases, it was just a, it was largely like a resolution difference. Like there mm. might be some very minor differences in, in reflection techniques or something like that. But like by and large, like Horizon Forbidden West, for example, does not look that different qualitatively 
other I'm setting aside resolution. I'm talking about like reflection effects, shadow detail, stuff like that. Yeah. Not that different between performance and resolution. And since I'm on a 1080p TV, who cares about resolution? Yeah. But they finally did it. I was not expecting this, but Callisto Protocol, like significant ray tracing in this game on the quality mode. Like oh. quite significant. Like like kind of the more than more than just like more than just the really shiny reflection stuff that you expect in a very limited capacity on consoles. Yeah. Like they're they're using they're using some kind of bounce lighting and reflection stuff kind of across the board. They're doing uh, retraced shadows all over is the it, place. Like is it UE five? It's UE four. Oh wow! So they added so a lot using of this global stuff illumination or something yeah. like that. They're yes. doing wow, that's cool. Yeah. So they added a lot of the this tech themselves to UE four. Um, I, I, I knew this day was coming and finally here's a game that looks so much better in quality mode on the console that I can't resist, but I feel it's, filthy. It's on my list to check out. So, okay. I'm, I'm curious. Cause you know, all of the stuff that I've seen on like digital foundry or your game or whatever about this is about image quality and performance is almost always focused on 4k people. And since we're both 1080p TV people still, I assumed that I was getting essentially no performance loss by using the quality mode because I'm only rendering out at 1080p regardless. So I figured if I was scaling down or whatever, it was no big deal. Oh no, uh, those, those targets, the performance targets are locked on console games generally. Like the scaler, the, the, the console scaler after the image is rendered, will scale it down. But like, that's not going to have any bearing on it's the, the game is not going to take into account what resolution the console is outputting at. Like those are, those are completely separate. Yeah, but but I assumed that they were flipping features on and off that were probably fill rate dependent based on the number of pixels being drawn. Like oh, like but that's entirely and, handled at the game level in 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 whatever bespoke like quality performance kind of dichotomy they set up in the game. But you're if you're talking about setting it to 1080p in PS5 system settings, that has no bearing on how the game runs. Really? Yes, absolutely not. So wow, like, that is bonkers. Oh yes. <laughs> Okay, I think we're on a voyage of discovery here. I had no, I had like the fact that this is opaque to me is really, really worrisome for like how they communicate this to normal human beings. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. So, but but yes, like you, you could have your PS5 set to 1080p in the system, but -hmm. if you put it on like 4K quality mode, you're still going to be rendering everything as if it was outputting to a 4K TV and just downscaling to 1080p after the fact. Like you're not getting. There's no no performance considerations there or like graphical features or that's all handled inside the game. Well, so just to be clear, that is completely the antithesis of how it works on PC, where if you want to generate, generally speaking, if you want to get better performance in the pre-ray tracing world, especially you just turn down the number of pixels that the video card has to render. And all of a sudden things will be be faster. Yeah, well, so that's what you're doing in the game, but they always obfuscate that between, like I said, some natural language options like performance mode Ugh. or performance RT mode or quality mode or resolution mode. But like the game, the game renders at its internal resolution, regardless of what the console is spitting out to a TV. I, I you know, had no idea. That's I, I'm glad to have filled in a little, a little knowledge here. I'm starting to maybe agree with the people who said that consoles should just stick to one thing and forget about it. I, I, um, so I played like Ratchet and Clank and I think Miles Mar- uh, or Spider-Man on the performance RT mode. Yes. Which was like 60 frames a second ray traced. I had no idea that I wasn't saving. I'm, I'm, I'm completely flummoxed by this. This is bonkers. This, you know what? This seems like kind of a mess. You, we should maybe, we should maybe do a full episode about this one. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm curious. This is, this is maybe this is our excuse to get Digital Foundry people on and talk to them yes. and let them nerd out about it. This, this seems like a great uh, test case for that. But it's exciting. I mean, like UE five games aren't even on the market yet, but here we are with like last gen engine tech being modified in a way that's pushing the consoles finally a little bit. I, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Well, so like UE five stuff. I'm really excited. Like having noodled with it a little bit. UE five stuff is really exciting. Like it's it 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 makes a lot of this stuff a lot easier in a weird ways than than it is with the UE4. Like global illumination is a is literally going to change the way people make games. Totally, totally. Like it, I, I feel like people are not believing me when I say this necessarily across the board, but I, games we're we're at we're on the verge of an inflection point in the way the games on these consoles are going to look. 
Well, and, and it's one of those things. It's like, it's like, remember the old days when there would be like the, when there was a really visible difference between early gen games and late gen games oh, yeah. on the same generation. Like 100%. this is what's going to provide that jump on this yes. generation. I, I think like I, I, I always, I tend to think of it as the gears of war moment. Yeah. Because Gears of War is just taking longer this generation for a variety of external factors. But Gears of War, if you remember, came out about a year after the 360 shipped. And holy shit, you put Perfect Dark up next to Gears of War. <laughs> there is no contest. Like, I distinctly remember that game coming out and going like, oh, this is why we have these new consoles. Look, everybody's so thick. Yes. How, how did they make them so thick? We couldn't have done this on the last generation. Brad, I have a confession. Mm-hmm. Go on. I'm, I'm finding that it's getting harder to learn new things. Mm, can't teach an old will. Wow. I'm sorry. Thanks. Go ahead. Damn, Go ahead. son. Go ahead. No, it's okay. So th- we talked about the guitar a couple of weeks ago, but the guitar is a direct response to this. To, to It's like my subconscious saying, yo, you need to work on some stuff that you've never done before to make your brain more plastic again. <laughs> uh-huh. Because yeah, I'm get getting stretchy. stupid up here. Yeah, I gotta get stretchy. <laughs> you need you need you need some stretchy gray matter. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I I got that um I got that the 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 keyboardio 100 model 100 the the you know, the columnar split keyboard mm-hmm. and I set it up and I, I I did it for about 15 minutes 15 minutes a day for the first week or so and then I got real busy at work and I was like I can't I can't deal with this. Learning a new keyboard right now is too hard. Can't, can't afford the downtime. I think of this as the Vim phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can love, see that. I would, I would love to switch to Vim for a variety of reasons if I ever had the time to get up to speed on it. But the amount of drag it creates on your workflow in the interim until you're good at it is just too much to deal with when you're this busy. And so it, you never you never actually get around to learning it. And yeah. So I, and I continue to use Nano like. Oh, Wow like a, like a commoner. Wow. That's, that's, I, I, did, I never, Brad, look, we can, we can edit this part out if you want. It's okay. <laughs> we don't have to <laughs> no, put this in there. No, go on. So, okay. So I've, I've been the part of my strategy for the last part of this year, and it's going to be my 2023 strategy is to make myself learn new shit all the time. Uh, I bought affinity pro affinity photo and mm-hmm. affinity designer in that they had a sale where you get buy it, you pay them like a hundred bucks, you get all platforms, all software, forever, or until this version is done, basically, which would seem like a pretty good deal to me. And I've been using that instead of Photoshop for everything. Like, there's a couple of things that I have to use Photoshop for because of work, because we do we have a bunch of like templates and stuff that are layered and all that. And I need, I need those, um, but for the most part, Affinity has been dope, and and it's a pretty easy transition. I'm I'm committing. I'm not doing any more Premiere Pro videos this year. I'm doing a DaVinci Resolve from here on out. Great. Um, uh, I at some point this year, I'm going to figure out how to get off of Audition <laughs> I, for, I'm just for the I'm podcast. Gonna, yeah, I'm just I'm going to say. I mean, I, at the top level, I am way into your philosophy of always be learning new things, and I am going to take a cue from you officially. Yeah, but and secondarily, I'm also way into your effort to get off of Adobe. Look, I think these are both laudable goals as as the person who made the goals and the person who has to do them. It's been a two year process to get off of Adobe so far. Yeah. And like, I mean, I I don't know about you. I don't know if it's more the pricing, the ongoing pricing model or the quality of the software or all of the above. But yeah, it's the general shitification of the software is honestly, Mm -hmm. is it like it's it's the it's it's the fact that every year. They add new features that are really cool, but the main thing that I use on the day to day is like appreciably worse each time mm-hmm. they release a new version yes. for like or, three months or stagnant. If nothing else, I mean, you're stagnant would be better, except for that. I'm paying <laughs> 500 bucks, 600. Well, I'm paying 300 bucks here because I always call and complain. But the point <laughs> is, it's like I'm paying a lot of money every year for this software that I use for work. It's like it's like a valid business expense. We have to have I mean, we don't have to have it. There are other options now. I want to get clean. That's what I'm saying. Understandable. Uh, and I, and uh, yeah. I also want to like the guitar has been really fun. Learning new stuff has been fun. Gene has been taking pottery class. I might start a Ooh. pottery class. That seems like it'd be oh. neat. Use your hands for stuff. I don't know. Let's get crazy. Let's learn all what you know, let's learn all sorts of new stuff. Like Vim. Oh man. Vim. <laughs> 2023, the year of Vim. Yeah, something something nobody's ever tried before. Hey, I'm gonna switch to Vim, guys. I'm never switching to Vim. Brad, I lost another fucking controller at somebody's house. 
another? I, I, okay, I've never lost one period at someone's house. I need to know how this is happening. Okay, so at some point in the past, I had three Nintendo Switch Pro controllers, which are not inexpensive controllers. Damn, that's a wow. Yeah, that's, well, there's three of us. Okay, we play Mario fair. Kart. We play, you know, we play the Smash. We play uh, Animal Crossing. Oh yeah, I mean, all games that one can play with multiple controllers on one device. Yes. And canonically the best switch controller. I mean, like the joy cons are what they are for portable, but if you're Ugh. using a joy con on the couch, I, I like, look, I played most of breath of the wild with the joy cons separated on either side of my leg. So I didn't hurt my wrists. Right. Like I get I that. Can't, it feels so, it feels so unnatural to have, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, uh, I'm like cringing thinking about it. Like having, Put your having hands both up behind arms, your head, both like, arms just ugh. limp at your sides on the couch yeah. with your thumbs Twitch it. There's something. Mm, it's it's really comfortable. I unsettling. did it. Look, you want to hear something worse? I did it while I was wearing a slanket or an Udi or something. So I had my hands <laughs> inside the blanket with the two controllers. It looked. It probably looked filthy. Anyway, slanket slanket is exactly the kind of perverse term that you would use along with that posture of video gaming. It's a blanket with sleeves, Brad. That's uh, so okay. So the thing is, you go over to people's houses, you play the games sometimes. My daughter goes over to a house for a sleepover. She's like, hey, they don't have enough switch controllers. Can I take oh, a no. switch controller? Sure. Oh, no. I'm actually, oh, they can we can we take two? Yes, absolutely. You can take two. Don't forget to bring the fucking controller back. You're never going to guess what happened. Go on. She didn't bring the controller back. We came back with one, but not two. She's like, I'm pretty How's sure we only took one. I was like, you absolutely fucking lutely took two. I put them in the bag myself. We are now down another switch controller. So we only have one switch pro controller in this house now. Wait, surely they can be retrieved. You would think that. What? What's the obstacle? Well, for, hey, uh, first, have you seen the con- like, I'm going to go and tell you when you have when you're a parent. If you get weird about kids, kids forget shit all the time. It happens, ooh. right? It's fine. People who don't play video games don't know how much controllers cost, so they don't think about controllers as a thing of value. They think about it as the thing that came with their Atari 2600 40 years ago. That seems easily rectified, though. You, you, there's a certain amount of chill you have to be about this shit or else you become the crazy parent. I will. I, I've watched it happen. I don't want to be the crazy parent. So sometimes you just suck it up. And, and I've been, this is one where I'm having to suck it up. I've, I've gone over to people's houses to play smash and other games before. And like, Hey, you have a bunch of controllers. Can you bring some? Tro-? Sure. And then I just forget to bring one. Cause maybe there, maybe there's some beer involved and like, you have a little bit too much fun. You're playing the games with the adults and you're like, oh, I'll get it later. And then you just forget. And then it becomes, it's over there for so long that you're like, oh fuck. I can't ask about it now. Cause it's been like six months. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like Statute you know, limitations, I guess. Yeah. So this is the second switch pro controller we've lost to either me drinking and playing smash or child mistakes i i feel like just for people who don't know we should mention these things are like 70 bucks i bought one of them on sale for what it's worth but yes that's fair yeah you you know what you should start doing is they make enough different versions of that thing you should just get the ones that look weird and then it will be pretty obvious which ones are yours this is it i bought i bought one of the im8 bit switch controllers with a little dock Oh, you straight up went off brand. Interesting. I mean, even if you stay in the Nintendo realm, they make like ones with different colored grips and they make like Animal Crossing branded ones. And if you just stick to like non standard looks, I think that might help. I feel like in order to do that now, because there's not a current there's not a current colorway on brand that is not standard available. I'd have to pay like one hundred and twenty dollars for the controller, which is maybe not not a good idea, given how rapidly we lose them in this house. Hey, you like to mod stuff. You could get some aftermarket shells. <sighs> no, that's a bad. I look, look, the I am at a bit one has been pretty good so far. It has a little dock, so it charges mm-hmm. on the it's always charged. I like okay. it. I can plug it into the PC if I want. I can hook it up to Bluetooth of the PC. It has that little has their little brick dongle. That's in, there's a door on the bottom of the dock that has a little brick dongle in it. it seems pretty good so far. I haven't actually yeah. used it because I don't play switch games ever. It turns out so probably a mistake in retrospect to invest in a switch controller at this point in 2022. Mm hmm. But I hate I playing gonna, Mario Kart when we play Mario Kart as a family with the Joy Cons. So fair, here we fair. are. I I was going to point out that there there might be better controllers on the horizon. But uh, have you really I've, never I, lost a controller someplace? You never I, forgotten one? No, I don't really tend to take them around. Well, well, let's be fair. The my my line of work controllers are these surplus controllers are kind of everywhere. 
I mean, there were like there there were dozens to hundreds of controllers in the various offices I have worked in. I mean, okay, yes, I had an infinity of Xbox 360 and Xbox One and Xbox Series controllers because, like, we had a bunch of Oculus dev kits, and every Oculus dev kit came with an Xbox One controller. So I never need to buy an Xbox One controller again. Like, I'm good. there was a time at GameSpot where there was a gigantic bin full of Xbox 360 controllers. I mean, there were dozens of them in there. Yeah, I, I have a lot so. of Xbox 360 controllers because you had a lot of Xbox 360s for reasons we don't need to get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the the uh, P- PlayStation controllers, Switch controllers always have been precious. So I don't know. Color, colorways, man. You got to gotta make your mark on those things. Plant, plant your flag, stamp your stamp. I'm, That's a blue I'm, Xbox controller. I'm the blue controller guy. Okay. Hey, look, everybody needs a call. Wow. Everybody needs a calling card. Everybody needs a thing. Well, this is the thing. I went to Gary's house a few weeks ago. We were playing games. Didn't take my own controller that time. And uh, they have color-coded controllers for the whole family. Oh, so like see, that's a mom great has idea. one color. Gary has one color. The kiddo has one color. Mm-hmm. It makes mm-hmm. everything straightforward. So you just have your that's controller and you're done. Like the family that... Um, Controller game, colors. Game. The family the controllers together uh, doesn't lose controllers at people's birthday parties. Hey man, that doesn't quite rhyme, but I'll take it. If you told me that I would be gathering around the living room TV to watch an Atari video game at night mm-hmm. in 2022 with my family, I would have told you you were crazy. You know, I think I think a lot of things fall into that category these days. But yes, that's a big one. <laughs> Everybody's watching the Atari show. Yeah, that that Atari 50 game. I think I, you guys talked about it on Nextlander a lot, but it is oh, incredible. It, it, like what a treat it is to open that thing up. And like I, I'm like, I barely I, I play the games. I played some of the games quite a bit. I played a lot of Caverns of Mars. I played Vector Sector, the thing that our friend Jeremy Williams made. That's the like kind of tribute game to all their old vector games, like the Tempests and the Battle Zones and the and the the asteroids is incredible. Like it is so good. But um, but like the other night I loaded up, I was like, hey Gina, you you grew up with the 2600. You had one of these when you were a kid. She's like, Yeah, absolutely. Uh let's let's and and we just watched documentaries. We watched the little documentary clips for like an hour, hour and a half, and like enjoyed the story of the first uh, like the the first space war cabinets uh, being tracked down in Dixon, California. We like oh, that one's that one's so touching. That that one's good. The the hey we're Atari guys getting high while they were making video games. Yes, oh, 100% dude, is so good. Dude, that is I mean that if you're going to put one video clip of talking to old Atari dudes into that thing it's that <laughs> one. It's tell me about the drugs. I mean, it's legendary. I, like the the cocaine and hot tub stuff was such pervasive Atari apocrypha that they needed to get somebody on the record to talk about it. Well, I, I like it's the kind of it's the kind of like when when the guy comes back, he's like, oh, yeah, we were doing drugs all the time. It, like, you know, that whoever was doing the shoot had to just be like, yeah, fist pump. We're, <laughs> yes, we got it, guys. This is this is the golden material. Yeah. Um, but but like it's like those are the high hits. It's all it's all so fun. Like, listen to the stories about them making um uh, fire truck, the fire truck simulator game where it had two wheels where one person stands behind the other person. It's it's such a like I've never even seen that cabinet before. I think it comes to California that somebody brings one to California Extreme sometime. But um, but yeah, it, it it is it has been an absolute delight, and I never in a million years would have expected that that my my wife who you know loves games but not not at the level that you and I do I think uh, doesn't is an obsessive. Um, <laughs> was it was was like hey can we watch that one now can we watch that doc- can we watch that documentary now there's there's something about that footage and this is hard to qualify but those guys are like kind of just old enough that they're in like demeanor and attitude and stuff they just feel like they're from a, a little bit of a different era you know does that make sense yeah, not like, a bad way like sometimes you say that you mean all. like hey uh, oh yeah i'm not racist but no but in no, this no case, i mean that at all yeah no no, just, no just, I, I know i just wanted just to. like the just their thought processes and the way they speak and stuff you know it's just a generational thing it's that they you know they were well, they're probably born in the 40s if i had to guess 40s to early 50s for the most part i yeah i would guess like they're, they're like I mean, my they're, parents age or 10 10 or 15 years younger at their at the young the young people were 15 years younger probably i guess, I guess like <laughs> again this is hard to explain but it's it's something about like previous generations of nerds i guess like 
Yeah. Kind of, it was like the people that developed Unix, you know, or the people that created the first Atari games or whatever. It's like they conceptually they're into the same shit that we are, but they're from a different era. So it takes a different form. Does that make sense? Well, well, yeah. Like the people like, that like were like, we grew up writing basic code and yeah. those guys were growing up soldering circuits together and making but, weird shit come up on the oscilloscope. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly it. There's like a, there's a, like a, a shared passion and, and shared philosophy, but the particulars are different, you know, and like the, just kind of the things that they think about and talk about are slightly different. You know, it's, it's just, it's a fun little window into history. Yeah. And, and like the different approaches, some, like some, some people, the thing that's interesting about those Atari games, especially is like, they designed the game first and then they figured out what the marketing for it was. So like, it's not like it's, I mean, Lunar Lander is probably the obvious not example, but like Yars Revenge, the thing about Yars Revenge, they talk about it a lot. And it's really, it's a, it's an interesting conversation how, how that came about. And the guy was like, I just wanted to make cool colors and lights happen on the screen as fast as I could and see what happened. And, and like one of the, like, it turns out, Yars Revenge, even in 2022, still a banger. That is a good mm-hmm. game. I, I like to imagine that the entire genesis of Yars Revenge was so that they'd have an excuse to have somebody paint that disgusting, gigantic fly on the cover. <laughs> I see. I I didn't. When I was played Yars Revenge as a kid, which I didn't. I only one friend had Yars Revenge and nobody really understood how to play it. Um, I wasn't sure whether you were the fly or whether the fly was the monster you were going to get the bomb from. And I didn't understand why you had to touch the monster because usually you don't touch the monster in video games. That's usually a bad idea. It's like it's confusing. You know, I feel like I feel like sitting down in front of a 2600 game for the first time and not immediately understanding (laughs) what it is you're controlling or how is a pretty common experience. Like which one of these am I actually moving? Can't quite tell how my joystick movements are mapping to what's happening on screen. I I really, really. okay. so a couple of things I want to make sure we hit. Everybody should play Vector Sector or watch somebody play Vector Sector because it is incredible. The other yeah. remakes that they did, like the reimagined games that they did are also all friggin' like the Yars Revenge remake is the one I spent the other one I spent the most time with probably at this point, but they're all good. Um, the other part is like, I hope that this thing sells well enough that Activision and other places come to them and are like, hey, we would like you to do this for Activision because like the time to tell these stories is now because these these the folks that made these games are not getting younger. Yes. Like we some of them have already passed. Um and and they're in a place now where it's been long enough that they're being that most of the people are able to be honest about how the how it actually worked. Yes. Which is the best time. Like it's yes. the best time to have these conversations. They're, they're all they're all retired. They have nothing more to fear. They can just lay it all out there. Yeah. Uh, dude, I yes, I would Nothing would make me happier than Digital Eclipse having to spin up an entire new business unit to handle all of the business coming in from other companies that want them doing the same thing. Because, man, I just I want these to happen constantly. Well, and and like the thing about this and, we, and just to be clear, we have a lot of friends, you know, Dan Amrick and, and Drew yeah, and, and Drew, Drew, Chris, and Chris Kohler and, Chris Kohler, and, Kohler, and Mike, 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 Mike has been on the show. Yeah. Um, but, but, but like the, it's like divorced from that. Like I'm like I. You know, people can take this, this however they want. Like the personal connection has nothing to do with the quality and depth of this product. Like the te- the testament to this is that the entire, almost the entirety of my connection to the Atari 2600 is trying to play the Empire Strikes game, back game and pitfall on Joe Patterson's Atari 2600 at his sixth birthday party and like having to fight the other kids for time to the point that finally when they went outside to do something, I was just like, I'm going to stay inside and play the Atari 2600. Nobody yep. else is here. I can take three turns uh-huh. at a time. You know, I mean, this wouldn't matter to anybody, but the person talking about it, but it would almost be fun to sit down and go through everybody's recollection of like the names of the kids that you were friends with. So you could play the game that they had <laughs> and what game it was. I certainly well, have a handful of those in my background of like, Oh Yeah. I'll go play at that kid's house because he just got Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. Like the man, when, when, when I won't say who it was, but when somebody got Legend of Zelda and it was still hard to get those cartridges mm-hmm. and also it was like $70 or something really expensive. Yes. You like that, that kid, that kid was very popular for after school play dates. Uh-huh. Um, and then there was also always the kid that wouldn't, wouldn't share. That was just like, yes. the no, I'm, I'm, this is my save. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> you can come over and watch me play. You come over and watch me play. And it's, it's like, the, it's like the worst eighties kid movie villain of all time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's like, I would love to see this happen for like classic midway games. Like I'd oh, love, yeah. I'd love this for mortal. Like, I, I feel like I, I feel like, um, 
Ed Boone is aware of the history and the value of oh. that and, and all those things. And oh, like, yes. Would we, um, uh, we just passed right, right around 30th anniversary of the first MK and he wow. and John Tobias have both been posting a bunch of old, like making of footage of them in the studio with the actors and like logo treatments. And there's been, their Twitter feeds are full of amazing archival stuff right now. But, but uh, so, so the, the, the thing that shocked me is how few people actually worked on the Atari 2600 thing full. Like it was like three people full time yeah. during the time they were making it. Like, right. Like most, like most of those games were made by like one person. Right. Or maybe yeah. two. Yeah. And, and like the, the footage was collected obviously and edited and, and packaged up and, and that, that like the, the brilliant thing about it is putting the whole thing on the timeline rather than just mm -hmm. giving you a yes. list of stuff to look at. Because yes. it, it tells the story. It like handholds you through the story in a way that for somebody like me who kind of doesn't give a shit about Atari stuff before this. Yeah. It, like it made it really I, approachable. Yeah. I, I made the point on, on the next lander podcast. Um, it guarantees put it in the narrative format guarantees that you see all of the extra material, all of the archival stuff, because like they've been filling these collections they've been doing with amazing stuff like this, but it was mm -hmm. always just in a bonus menu somewhere. And there was so much of it that it was kind of like hard to make your way through all of it. But in this case, it's like, oh, I want to see the whole story of Atari. I'm just going to go through this whole timeline and like, oh, now I've seen everything and that rules. The thing I had forgotten was how, like how many weird, how, how important the manual was to tell you which version of the mini game mm -hmm. you wanted to load. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you play on the Mr., it turns out that stuff is inscrutable and you don't have easy access to the manual. So bring, bring back consoles with a mode switch. That's all I'm saying. Also make them switches, <laughs> make them the little springy, the little spring loaded. Yeah. Yes. Wood, wood paneling and physical switches. Um, yeah. So back. anyway, shout out to digital, digital clips. Cause that is, that game is dope. And yes. please make, please, please get to make more of those. Cause I want, I would yes. play those for all of the old games. Please do same. Also, shout out to our patrons. Yeah. For going along with us on this weird ride. We never even said in here anywhere. <laughs> hey, it's a cold open episode. But look, I think they got it by the second or th if they didn't get it by the second or third one, then uh, well, I mean, I don't know. They, they uh, probably they probably did. You wrote down for one of your segment ideas for this thing that we didn't get to. We should stop doing cold open episodes. And I never did find out how tongue in cheek that is, but I hope it's a lot. Well, okay. So my thought was, and this is a, probably a bad idea. My thought was to do the actual, should we just do it? Should we do the cold open and then put it at the beginning? Oh, I, don't I was going to say do the cold open where we're like, we shouldn't do any more. Is it time to do another cold, pay, cold open episode? And be like, no, I don't think we should do any more. Like blah, blah, blah. And then we jump into the cold open episode. Mm -hmm, I we see. We do that so next time a, though. It's just a fake out. Yeah. A big fake out. Okay. So, okay. So that's good. I, I wanted to make sure you were not serious about no. never doing these again. No, I love like, look, the cold open. The problem is. Like, look, you and I have talked about stuff for so long that we can do five Ooh. minutes on literally anything. Sure. Yes. We should just we actually next time we do a cold open episode, we should have people submit ideas for the cold oh, opens. Yeah. yeah. And then see if we really can do five minutes on anything. I don't know. It may be a bad idea, but it is uh, it is time to thank our patrons uh, without whom we wouldn't be here and wouldn't be doing the show. So thank you, patrons, so much. We, we really appreciate you. Yes, we do. Uh, and for as little as $2 a month, you can go to patreon.com slash tech pod. That is patreon.com slash tech pod. The one and only URL for uh, tech pod related Patreons. Except no substitutes. No, no substitutes. Uh, you can get access to the discord as well, which is a delightful resource this morning. This morning, uh, we, <laughs> we had a weird conversation this morning. We were talking about um, uh, like things that things that like upset you that are irrational kind of and are a result of childhood trauma or poverty or whatever. Boy, it was it was kind of it was fu funny, but heavy, like mm -hmm. at the same time, like I get I, I realized a decade ago that like one of my depression triggers is when I start running out of shampoo. So I just always have extra bottles of shampoo around and avoid the problem. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. OK. Yeah, look, I, I turned the bubble. I turned the, I turned the shampoo into bubble bath one time when I was a kid and got in big trouble because it was turned out it was all of our shampoo. I see. And it was a little bit of a rough time for the fam, oh. but, but everything ended up OK. Um, but yeah, so that's it. That's it. That's the tech pod uh, Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash tech pod. And for like I said, two bucks a month, you can get access to the discord for five bucks a month. You get access to the, the monthly patron episodes. Uh, this last month, we talked a little bit about uh, my the PC that I built with PC World. We talked about holiday lights. We talked about a bunch of other stuff. It's just kind of a rambling conversation about stuff that's that's percolating in the background often. Mm -hmm. 
we want to do an extra special shout out to our executive producer tier patrons, including Nick Johnston, uh, Paddle Creek Games, makers of Fractured Veil, Andrew Slosky, Bunny Thorpe Couch Sleep Crimes. I don't even know what's happening there. I think I think Bunny 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 Crimes must have fallen asleep on the couch. How does one commit a sleep crime? <laughs> Look, you don't. If you need to ask, you don't want to know. But Bunny Fiend was in our Twitch chat yesterday and mentioned that they have a toaster oven in their in their network rack. Wow, that's a that's a bold that's, choice. You know, I didn't didn't follow up on the purpose there, <laughs> but I I I admire it. Are they soldering or is that was, it that was that was one of the first assumptions? But I you know. Wow, I wouldn't want to put anything hot in there. Maybe, maybe they're just reheating pizza while they're hmm. working on their working on their server. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Bunnythorpe Couch Sleep Crimes, Just Wedge, Joel Krauska, Twinkle Twinkie, and James Kamek. Thank you all so so much. We really appreciate your support every month, and appreciate uh, everybody who supports the show. Because, like like we said, hundred percent, hundred percent listener supported. Without you all, this show wouldn't happen. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Uh, And on that note, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Tech Pod, where I think we're going to talk about um, like migrations and tools and stuff like that Mm. is the plan, right? Yes. Digital organization stuff. We've done an organization episode before, but I'm starting from scratch here. So there's an opportunity to to undo all my past crimes. So I I need I need some of that Brad Brad Shoemaker uh, organization in my life. You know, you, you know, I've got it. Oh, I know. See you all next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Everybody.